Welcome back to the Fantasy Take TV podcast, uh, episode 34, uh, and it's the one just before the practice games start to begin. There's actually a couple of, that are going to be on stream over the next couple of days, which is good. Um, so we'll get to those a little bit later, but just the agenda for today, we're going to quickly just go over our current structure and why and sort of discuss where we think the value is. Uh, yeah, talk about our current teams, maybe a couple of picks here and there, and then, yeah, create a bit of a watch list, um, as I know George loves to do, and especially JD, over uh, who we're going to be watching closely in those games. Um, but yeah, if you haven't actually joined the Discord yet this preseason, we haven't really promoted as much, we were thinking, as of late, but there's plenty going on, a lot of lot of members there nowadays. I think we sort of looked, it was over three or 400 active that have sort of, you know, jumped in in the last... I think they do it fortnightly or month or something. So it's yeah, quite a few. Um, and then obviously the website that we uh, released in January, um, I think over 70 members we've got going strong and we've recorded quite a few podcasts for that, uh, a lot of articles. Uh, and JD's got his new toy, this spreadsheet that he's been setting up over the last week. So um, check that out. There's a little video on Twitter that um, uh, he's running through it there. But yeah, had a bit of fun setting that up, JD. <laughs> Yep, yep, something like that. I mean, I haven't done um, any financial modeling or anything like that in about 10 years. It's been a while since I've had to do that stuff. So it was kind of uh, nice to bust out the old V lookup, you know, some array formulas. <laughs> yep, yep. Anyone still listening? Good on you. you do that. But... <laughs> uh, and Jaws, uh, your watch list is probably more than five players, but um, you came for some, mm. for some games to finally be on. 28 days, but who is counting? <laughs> Getting very competitive in the Discord, I think. A lot more disagreements, which is fantastic. That's what we like to see. Um, yeah. yeah, but I think, yeah, more unique than oh, last year, maybe. And I'll tell we'll you see. what, people are starting <laughs> People are starting to log their receipts as well. That, that's going to come out mid-year, you can, you can tell. Yeah. I already have about 20 screenshots of Wits haters. <laughs> You're saving those. Uh, all right. Well, there's a couple of practice matches for tomorrow, right, George? Maybe just let the viewers know who they are because I don't even know. Uh, I'll need to check on Port, but the Adelaide Crom, <laughs> 4.30, I think it might be local time, so 5 o'clock for you uh, Eastern folk. Um, yeah. AF, uh, is it AFC? I think Adelaide, find that Adelaide Crows website. You can yeah. Google that. Uh, 5 p.m. for you guys. Uh, get some crumb action going there. I'm <laughs> devastated. Sam Berry's sick, apparently. So he didn't train <laughs> today. And unless he gets well tomorrow, he's not going to play. Yeah. So have fun watching Laird get 50 touches. <laughs> you already pegged him at 108 oh. average, uh, Sam oh. Berry. So. <laughs> yes. So I'm just checking out the article from three hours ago. It says all AFL listed players apart from McPherson, Cook, and Seedsman will take part in the match. So oh. I don't know. I reckon he might be out there. That's three hours ago. Okay. Um, Van Berlin did an interview today and said he should be okay by the weekend on Sam Berry, but he's been sick today. So guess it matters crossed. how he wakes up tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Oh, Hopefully, his runny nose goes away. It's it's four <laughs> weeks out from round one, and we're already doing the you know wait and see on the very important Coach players of and, Sam Berry. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, all right. Let's quickly discuss what structures you've got at the moment, boys. So um, pull your team up. And we might just quickly run over what uh, we think of each sort of line. Uh, and I think it's pretty obvious that at the moment, the defense, I think you'd all agree, is where most of the value is, George. And I, I think back in 2018, I was a big fan, you know, watching YouTube and you started like, what was it, Zach Williams at D1 or something? 
Yes, is it looking am, like that this year? I think Williams, Miller, Brody Smith. <laughs> they were a total of one point one mil, I think. And then I had a that was the year we got a few defender rookies. We got Tom Duday, spent who's in the VFL, Sam Murray, if you remember him. Oh yeah, he got yep. done yep. for substances of illegal variety. And um, there was another one in there, GWS player, Finlayson was playing defense. So we had a really, really sick defender line. And I think that that was the year that Hearn, Whitfield, and somebody else went 120 in the first. They all went 120 in the first um, half of the year or first 10 rounds. And I was actually okay. I still finished, I think, 300-odd by not having those guys. Um, Yeah, where the value is, it's a pretty tough one. I think it's sort of sketch in defense, but there is like your, your Caulfield, you go to Jin B. Constable's popped up, McKenna. So a lot of cheap guys that I think are a good shot for round one and that can have a good role and make money. So that's where I'm liking it at the moment. The mid prices, you got Yo there, but I'm not too sure on like your Hunter Clark and your Will Day. I'm seeing a little bit of them pop up. Not keen on those sort of players. And Jack Rose is a watch. So yeah, we'll get into those plays later who are on the watch list. But yeah, I think the uh, looking at the value yes. where it is, I think it's we kind of wanted to go cheap anyway because we don't think many of us wanted to pay 600K for many defenders. It looks like we have some alternative routes to go through, and I think that's the place to do it. But I guess you got to be careful with some of the rookies like your Wilmot and your Weddle. Are they sub-risks? Can you have them on field? Probably not. So yeah, uh, like the defense 200K or sub-200K guys at the moment. JD, where do you see the yeah. value at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're necessarily value, but it's definitely where we got the most mature age rookies or players or ones that most look most likely to play round one at the moment. So I've loaded up on those types in defense and, yeah, very thin in terms of top end um, so I can get value elsewhere. In terms of the value plays, it could be premiums. It's probably still the midfield. There's a lot of guys that seem to be discounted there that are still kind of premium level. So Mitchell, Green, LDU, like even guys like Parrish and Steele and McRae are discounted compared to what they've been able to do in the past. So yeah, going down to those cheaper guys in, in the back so I can load up in the midfield. Uh, and then I also think a lot of the forward options we've been given, you know, Rosie, Cogs, Butters, Dunkley, Taranto, all have pretty good cases for outperforming what they're priced at. So I want to try and pick up a few of those at the moment as well. So yeah, that's where I'm I'm trying to find the value. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Those forwards, they they are underpriced really, all of them. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think a lot of people are toying with the cheap defense this year. Um, I've seen people, you know, just the or one. At least in our community. Premium. I must say, I haven't, I, guess seen so. it outside, I haven't seen it outside um, here as much, but we're the trendsetters, let's be real. Uh, well, I expect not- to see a lot of yeah. very light defenses in the coming weeks. Yeah. Yeah. George George loves a lot of defense. <laughs> I, I like doing here's the thing. I do like having balanced lines across all lines because you know, if I'm going say I'm going Titch Green M4 M5, and then like a cheap, you know, maybe Merritt gets tagged a few times, he comes down to low five hundreds, it's gonna make it hard to get him in because my defense needs help because it's a mess back there. It's very cheap and you got your Yo and your Caulfield's coming for ACL. So you got a few durability issues there. So I think that's important. But I do like as well, I've done, you know, one premium forwards. I've done one premium defenders in the past. And it's been okay. It's Those have netted me top 500 finishes. Not quite at the uh, top 10 range just yet. 
hopefully this year but it's always the next year that's the way it goes um but yeah i think i think balance is still is still good just because it gives you the flexibility of when players drop you don't want to miss out on players because your your lines are too stacked i'll give you an example right cameron last year became a really good option in the forward line and if we're starting four or five forwards you know maybe you upgrade to one early like a parker early you know like what happened last year and then cameron comes around cheap and you can't put him in or Rosie gets discounted last year you couldn't put him in because you're already loaded up I think that's the only real problem you run into where you you just completely full on one line and then you can't end up getting the the value guys throughout, yeah. uh, throughout the yeah. year yeah or you're, you're clearly missing the top guy like say you finish your midfield and you're missing Oliver and Laird and I could get merit on the cheap but it means I'm going to have to forego one of the top two or three players on the line like, that's a pretty tough position to be in too yeah it's it's interesting because it might depend on you know how long do we hold like a Will Phillips like do we need to hold him for like is he going to keep making money do you cut him early to get one of these players in like a a merit for example or a forward you can you know we got a like a McLean they're all forwards I think oh, sorry they're all mid forwards uh, in the forward line so that's something to consider um, if you yeah, if you need to fit someone in is Phillips one to cut because I think Ashcroft it's going to be pretty hard to cut him early. You know, getting rid of him early and everyone else has him and he continues to pump out what we think will be, what, 90, 85 to 95, that sort of range. I'm not sure I want to forgo that. So, yeah, something to keep in mind. Yep. Uh, all right, well, I guess we'll quickly maybe just discuss a bit more about uh, our individual uh, and current teams. I might ask you boys a couple of questions. I guess the first one is a bit of a, a classic one, but what area is giving you the most headaches at the moment? Or, you know, it might be a player, it might be a line, uh, you know, it might be a toss-up between something um, or someone you're just really unsure about. Um, who would that be for you, George, or, or what would that be? I think my structure, it's exactly the same team as I did in the team reveal from two or three days ago, which is actually, that was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. Yes, it felt like that. <laughs> I actually got the date wrong. I uh, recorded it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I think the um, so who do we actually get out of the defenders? Like Caulfield, Goda, McKenna, Constable. Sounds like we get Jinby. Yeah, I'm struggling. Like, who do we pick from here? Do we pick a mole? Do we pick some of them? Do we throw some in the midfield? So I'm not exactly too sure how we line up there. So I think that will kind of dictate what you know how many defenders I have to run. I'd love to just run Ed Richards D1 to be honest, but I might be a little bit too risky. And as we said before, too heavy in other lines. It makes it hard to grab opportunities there. So that's given me a bit of grief. Uh, Tom Green and Tom Mitchell, I think Green is settled in my side. Uh, we'll see if he goes in preseason, but we're hearing a lot of good things. And I'm not sure if I want to – Like, it makes it hard to start both when I'm paying for Oliver and Laird. So do I start – Green and Mitchell, do I start one? So that's giving me a slight headache. And I guess the F5 position. So I think Dunkley, Cogs, Rosie, Taranto, McLean, they're pretty much locked. And who's that mid-pricer that can fit in? Could we go down to like a Philippou? Could we go up to whatever mid-pricer, you your Fife, your Miller, or that sort of range? Or do you go down to like a Flanders? That's what my uh, current, the current player in that position is. So that's sort of a bit up in the air, just depends on cbas if he gets them and whatnot so a few things to consider i think tom is the one that's giving me the biggest headache okay uh what about you jd um 
biggest concern. Sorry, sorry what was the question? We've just been exposed to George's inner monologue. This is what the poor man has to deal with when he's trying to go to sleep at night. That's that's like pretty much the stream of consciousness. I could have asked him anything and he would he would just go on. He would have gone that's into it, yeah. yeah. It was more like, what's your biggest concern or headache? doesn't have to be a player. could be a part of the team, a line or... Oh, know, 50, 50 uh, or... Yeah, I mean, I would just straight off, I think the ruck is where I go to at the moment. Um, with that's a shame with (laughs) oh yeah you're sleeping well with wits all right um so yeah i've still got english marshall in there at the moment i've i had cameron in there at one point i don't really love either as options like marshall's probably the one that hasn't really moved around too much uh i just got to kind of hope english comes good at the moment Uh, the good thing is like he apart from wits he's basically top price so anyone else will be a downgrade and free up money but really no one else has put their hand up at the moment and my approach is just Let's just wait and see what happens over these practice matches, the preseason game, see what falls out, and then uh, pick someone based on there. But I'm I'm also a little bit worried that it's a it's a bit unpredictable about what coaches will do with this tactical sub. And so the prevailing theory is that most teams will probably pick two rucks and then sub one out tactically if they don't have an injury. And if that's the case, um, yeah, who's that going to affect? Um, is something it does does weigh on my mind a little bit. Who's who's going to be impacted either positively or negatively by that? Uh, the only other thing that I'm still thinking about a lot, but haven't haven't really landed on, is if any of those 500k defenders are going to be worth picking. Young, Dacos, Redmond. Uh, the and you know I've I've had periods in the preseason so far where I've liked and disliked all of them, but I feel like uh, I feel like yeah I feel like one of them is going to be the right pick. It's just whether or not you get them. Uh, anyway, and what are you what are you weighing up at the moment? What's on your yeah. mind? Not to say ruck like you because that's probably my answer as well. Um, I think it's probably that mid-price. Not you know, I've got Yo locked in. I've got actually Dom Sheed, and I'm, I know you guys aren't massive fans of him, but yeah, I think it's more that. Actually, George probably mentioned it in his monologue, but that F five, that F six. I think that's the position where I'm really like, I don't, you know, obviously if a base rookie that has a decent role pops up, you know, I might be able to field him there, but I think I'm going to have to go one of your two hundred k, like Oscar Allen. Do I want to field Ben King there every week? Do I want to pay a bit more for Flanders. Obviously, you've got to see what happens with him. Um, I don't think I like the 300K guys. Like, your Miller isn't five, so I don't want to spend that much. But that's probably the position because uh, you obviously don't want to bleed at F6, which is a common thing that some people sort of just um, just pass by. But it can really hurt you and see, you know, in some seasons where uh, it's just not a real viable rookie to field and, and you just have them parked there at F6 and you're bleeding, you know, 30, 40 points every week. So, um, yeah, I want to just lock that position up and I'm really unsure on who to go at the moment. Um, so yeah, hopefully the next couple of weeks opens that up. Um, I'll ask the flip side, I guess, what is something that you're just so sure on it? It just doesn't matter what happens in the next couple of weeks, but barring injury that, you know, this player is going to be a team or this sort of structure of a line or whatever that, you know, you just can't see changing. What's that, George? There's, there's a, there's a <laughs> Um, Laird is staying. They can stay. You know what's interesting? I was thinking today, doing my own monologues in my head. Maybe you can tune out for a bit, JD. Um, in NFL sports deck, I took the haircut on the top price player. I didn't go, this is for, I guess, NFL. And I'm casual NFL. So but anyway, I didn't pay for Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. I went down to Justin Herbert, who wasn't as good, didn't have as good of a season. I took that, you know, pay a little bit less for a player that, you know, might be able to maintain their price a bit more likely. 
didn't happen. Screwed up my captains for the first two weeks and my season was done there. I'm not saying your season will be done if you stuff up your captains early, but I do like my captain options. And I've said this, I guess, in other videos, I'm losing confidence in the 600K range of midfielders. So I think Laird is staying. I'm not sure Oliver will. Most likely he will. I guess it depends if you want to free up money or whatnot. So Laird is staying. Marshall is staying. Dunkley, Cogs, Rosie, Taranto are staying and probably go for the light defense. I think I'm committed to that. But I guess it depends on if we get the right players pop up round one. Yeah. JD, what's, you said there was a lot. Yeah, Elliot Yo, he's not moving unless injury happens. No way he's been in there, I think, pretty much since open. And I don't think that's changing. Bont, I can't see leaving my side unless injury happens. Uh, Green is probably in the same boat. Hopper's probably in the same boat. Marshall's in the same boat. Dunkley's in the same boat. So, I mean, I guess this is very close to, like, who are locks. But, yeah, with, with, it, with no further injuries, I can't see any of those leaving my side. Oh, and probably Taranto's in there as well. Yeah. I don't think I can disagree with any of those. I'll probably have the same same list, really. Even Titch, I think, and this is funny that it's me that's saying this and George is questioning him and, uh, you know, JD didn't mention him there, but I just think I can't see him even from my team either. I know it, uh, I haven't been the biggest fan of his in the past, but I just can't see how this doesn't Ooh. at least right. neutralise and not be a failure, right? Like, I, if, if, if he looks good in the preseason but only scores an 80 super coach. It's role, it, like, I know. Yeah, but isn't that the concern, though, right? Like, like he has a good role, <laughs> good he looks role. good, but yeah. it doesn't convert into points on the board. I, yeah. That's the only thing I could see me... Like, that's the one thing I could see dropping from my side. That's why I didn't mention him. Yeah, good point. Yeah. I guess with a lot of this, we've still got to see what happens in the next couple of weeks. But, yeah. no, nah, I've had most probably that you, that you said. Those maybe cogs to butters, but I think I'm pretty set on cogs now. So that's probably, that's probably passed me by. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's all I'm saying. All right, let's get to some. Well, hang on, just on Tom Mitchell. What's what's is he gonna do one ten this year? It's in the realm, like it's in his yeah, range of outcomes. Who's is one fifteen? Is one fifteen realistic for Tom Mitchell? Oh. Can he do one fifteen? Uh, he again, could, I but I think one ten is more but... likely. Yeah, well, of course. I just I don't see not Tom Mitchell. <laughs> like I don't think he can hurt as much as Crips. Or well, no, because he's five Sicily last year. Um, what was oh, no, 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 yeah, I know, I know, because they're they're 100k more, yeah, of course, yeah, of course, yeah. they won't hurt as bad. No. So, would you feel comfortable not picking Titch? He's still gonna hurt, and yes, I'm not, I'm not want to get hurt by him not having him that put it that way because I'll be even more mad, but I just think it's gonna work regardless of biases. I just think it's a really good position for him to be in, I think he's motivated. Yes, maybe questions over pie, you know, the pies and game style and all that sort of jazz. He's not going to be getting his thirty fives, but I think you know, high twenties, thirty is enough, and he's just going to be the clear number one there. I just don't see who else really is. All right, can I make an unreasonably bold call? Um, Go for it for this far out. The if for people that don't start both Green and Mitchell, the most popular trade before round three is going to be one of Oliver or Laird to one of those two. Okay. <laughs> There you go. That is bold. Yeah. After like a they, couple of an Anya or something or a low ton. Oh, it just, I mean, even if the top guys score. And they right, pop off. 
Yeah. 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 Like, that you know they're going to be scoring similar. Maybe it's five point difference, but you make one hundred and fifty k by doing the downgrade, one hundred and eighty k, and they need that money elsewhere. to fix it somewhere yeah. else in their team because they missed out on mid price or something. Yeah. Five or whoever. Yeah, yeah. No, that's. I mean, it's viable that stuff. Jaws did it last year. I did steal the Crips, <laughs> and it was kind of worth it. Yeah, yeah, it totally was. But like, yeah. So anyway, I reckon that's that's. Uh, yeah. It, a lot has to happen for that to be the case, but I think that's like a really reasonable thing to foresee. You almost mm. hope as as owners of those two, they just sort of mellow, you know, mellow around a hundred for a couple of weeks and then explode after that. Yeah, which is what Brody did last <laughs> year. Oh, it's boy. still a fresh wound. Yeah, yeah, we we don't go there, JD. All right, this is a fun part for you two especially, but me as well. The preseason game, <laughs> too long of a preseason. It's coming. And the games are uh, actually here tomorrow. I didn't even know, but there's a couple of live streams. So five players we want. I think it's intra-clubs boys. tomorrow. Intra-clubs tomorrow, sorry. But it's still footage. It's vision of footy, George. And that's mm, I've been watching right Fox now. footy replays. That's how bad it is. <laughs> You've been watching oh, 80s. 1997. <laughs> Prelim <laughs> finals. They've had them on at um, my gym, but the only games they seem to be showing is St. Kilda and North games. So there's no interest in watching them. <laughs> it's like the weirdest selection of what, games. Recent ones? Like yeah, yeah, like the last couple of years. Like it's not <laughs> it's not it's not like grand final teams or anything like that. It's it's very good. strange. Yeah. Um all right. No shade to St. Kilda or North, but it's not like it's Geelong or no, no. Melbourne or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. 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 You're not shooting into a regular season game from unless it's a good one. Um yeah, top five, George. What are your most keen to watch or need to watch for certain reasons, whether it's to pick them, not to pick them? Who do you need Is to monitor? Any team or are we talking specifically Crom and Prom? Um no, no, we need Crom. Okay. Oh, we can do just top five Crom. <laughs> no, yeah, all right. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, top five from the entire league that you know will like shape our teams sort of thing. Okay. I need an excuse to not pick one of these six hundred K defenders. So uh, Hayden Young, I guess kind of well documented now. Uh, they say they're saying he's gonna take a massive step and he's been taking kick ins at training. Is that enough to be convinced that he's a good pick? Uh, I wanna see how he goes in the preseason. I don't think you have to pick him, even if he does get that bounce and kick ins. But I also don't want to pay 600k for defenders. It's making it hard when you're paying for Laird, Oliver, and Wits. You can't pick 600k defenders at this point. So I, hopefully Young is the one that I can pick. Um, also Nick Dacos. Just I know people are concerned about, you know, is the role going to be good enough? Is he going to be sharing down back with Pendles? But, man, he's so good in his first year and he's put on four kilos. What's he going to do this year? Big preseason seems to dominate every time he takes the field. Or you know, you hear David King talk about his training standards. Like he just trains out on another level. It seems so. He's one I'm definitely not writing off, and he's one where Dacos or Young. I think I'll go with one. It's just which one pops up. I think Redman. I guess if you're a Bombers fan, you might be looking at him. I just don't see it with the sharing down back. But I think he's in for a big year regardless. So those two are probably the two defenders that I'm watching, and then. Um, my last three are Jack Bowes. Don't know. I think people are pretty negative on him in the Discord and probably rightly so given his form in the past few years, but he can score in the right role. Ed Richards needs to kick ins, how they structure up with Trelaw and Daniel. And then the other one I guess we just spoke about is Tom Mitchell. So those are my top five. But I think I'm most keen to probably watch Tom Mitchell. I kind of want an excuse not to pick him. <laughs> I'm looking for one. 
I'd be a very happy man. Um, you got yours, JD. Off. Yeah, you got. I was just gonna go off. I thought we were gonna. Up, um, or? I thought we were gonna like riff and you know maybe George would say one. one. I'd throw. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. So, so yeah, let's let's do that now. Let's um, go Young so, and Dacos. Any opinions so, on them? Yeah, yep. Young would have been probably the top one of the top ones on my list, and it's just for kick-ins. I want to see the kick-in. So. Yep. Even an intra club where him and Ryan play on the other side is no good. We actually need to see him playing on the on the same side and then seeing who who kick ins go to. So that might not be the inch club that might actually be at their match sim that we we see that. Um, so how many kick ins do so how many kick ins do you need to see to say yeah I'll pick this guy? Let's um, pull up this very handy sheet that we happen to have over <laughs> at FantasyTakeTV.com to have a quick look at uh, Young's kick ins from last year and see how many he had. So he averaged basically one a game. Uh, yeah, it's very few. Um, it might actually, yeah. Uh, and then Luke Ryan averaged five a game, and he had multiple games where he took 10, yeah, nine, seven, eight, six. Like, yeah. Uh, so I want to see Hayden Young take a 50 50 split. I want to see him getting his average from one to three to four a game. Yep. And I think that's that's if you're looking, you know, that's three extra kicks a game for Hayden Young. 10 or 15 uh, points. Exactly. You know, something like that. Exactly. Plus natural development. That yeah. puts him into the 100 range. So, yeah, I want to see about that, about a 50-50 split with Ryan. Cool. Dacos? Uh, Dacos. Oh, I mean, yeah, we can see the role, but we've heard so much stuff that I don't even know if watching the role visually is going to help because he's going to play a bit of everywhere. He's going to play midfield. He's going to play half back. He's taking kick-ins. Like, all of this just to me sounds like he's going to play multiple spots based on where they need him or how things are going in the game. And that says probably avoid rather than play. Uh, if if you told me he was just playing halfback again this year, I think I'd be interested, especially given the kick-ins we saw at the end of last year. But I'm not as interested as, as a pure midfielder, which is ironic. It's also um, a little bit disappointing because I was hoping that he would be a defender this year and we could pick him up as a mid next year. But... That's not going to be the case, I don't think. Uh, and then I was going to keep on the Freo theme actually after Young and say Fife is the other player that I want to watch. I mean, it all it seems like a foregoing conclusion that he's not going to get much mid-time or enough CBAs. But I think if he's getting 40%, he's still a viable pick. And so that's what I'm monitoring for. Is he getting up there? Is he playing stoppages? Or is he just a stay-at-home forward? The, just quickly, the last time he played, he needed like 75 80% CBAs to go around... 110 to 115. That was the opening rounds of 2021. There's a few injury games in there, so I factored that in. So if he's gone 40%, he's probably gone low 90s. I think it's, I think it's enough. Yeah, I'd have to consider yeah. if it looks especially, like that. Especially in the forward line for 310 or whatever he is. I think that's that's fine. He should get to 450 plus score. We'll, we'll find out pretty quickly. Think he's a bit older. There's yeah. something to consider. but It is. Oh, I'm... I would love to get off Fife, and that is where my next um, theme is going to go, which is these fourth mids or half forwards turning mid, potentially turning mid. mid. Mid-priced options, yeah. yeah. There's about four in this range. Uh, Flanders, McDonald, uh, Perkins, and there is another one that will come to mind as we keep talking. But I want to watch on all these guys. Francis. Oh, uh, no, Callahan, but he's a mid, not a forward. Um, I mean, Francis is like a little bit interesting too, but there's a lot of these guys that look like they could get anywhere between 20% and 60% CBAs, depending on how things go over the rest of the preseason. And I'm 
somewhat interested in all of them to varying extents. But yeah, just seeing who of those get the role, who looks good. And I think of the other thing as well is what teams look good because you kind of, even if they're getting mid-time, if they're half forward in a poor team, it's an awful spot to be in. So yeah, I'm a, I've, I'm a little bit interested in all of those guys to see who actually takes it next step forward and looks like they could break out as a midfielder versus who continues to be more of a half forward and doesn't really have an impact or only goes up 50K and ends up being a really annoying pick to own for the year. Yep. Could we throw in... Okay, not not younger, um, not in the same sort of bracket, but similar price. But Jake Siebel, is there any interest in him moving down back? I have not put enough thought into this because I just don't want it to be a good pick. Um, I'm waiting to see if he's actually best 22 or sounds like it, and then I'll research as to why he's gone past all the other halfbacks. Is Hall, is Hall injured again? Achilles issues, but... I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure his status at the moment. What about McDonald? Did Luke McDonald get injured? No, he's been playing more accountable. Not in trading, but last year he played a bit more accountable. Yeah, see, I'm looking for reasons not to. Um, I guess you have to keep an eye on him. But I think it's less likely than likely that he'll be a good pick. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I'd really love to just not go there. Uh I don't really have any opinions that you haven't really gone over, JD, on any of those players. I might throw a couple more out, I guess. Next one, Dom Sheed. Oh, not man. in love with it. Not in love with it because I just know he's not the greatest player on, in the world. He's only really known for that one moment. But he, if he's looking like he – and that's a bit harsh too, by the way. He's, he's not that terrible. But uh, West Coast, we can he's see what good. Doing. He's not terrible. He's actually no, no, a good he's footballer. No, well, he's actually – He's hard he's to watch, like... put it that way. <laughs> yeah. He's hard to watch at times. Oh, um, uh, Good thing he plays for West Coast roll. then. Yeah, true. It's like five. We've got to see what the number is. It's obviously not going to be forward time, but it's how much, yeah. it's how much mid-time. So let's let's put in some pass marks for the listeners here, right? So we previously saw his best of low 90s when he got 80% CBAs or whatever it is. How many CBAs do you need to see this year to think, yep, he's worth it at his 330 price point? I don't think we're we getting eighty, probably not. But seventy plus, like he's got to be the top, one of the top two guys. The concern is that they just. I think he'll be third. And, they try and rotate more through there, and it's more of a spread. Is is the concern? Um, yeah. Yeah. I will say that you are encroaching on my third theme for watch list this preseason. Yeah. Which you got to watch him. But. Yeah. So yeah. I'll I'll move into third theme then. Yeah. Go. Uh, the trend seems to be rotating more players through the midfield. So spreading the, the instead of having maybe four guys that you run through there, it's more like six. And instead of your top guy having main guys. 70 to 80%, you've kind of got four to six that are going, you know, 35 to 65%. And so is this a trend that we continue to see this year and which teams does it affect? Because a lot of the best picks that we've had in previous years, such as Miller and Oliver are right up there with the top of the top. Um, so if this is a trend that's starting to go through the AFL coaching ranks, then that could mean bad things for some of those premiums we've, we've held in quite high regards in, in prior years. So that's a little bit of a watch for me. Is this a trend that we're going to continue to see? Is it a type of team that does it? Like a worse team does it more maybe compared to, a, you know, a good established team with, a lot, you know, their top oh. options? So Geelong, there might not be a rule to it. It might just be team to team, I'd, I'd probably say. But I want to say um, Bulldogs, Geelong, 
and Collingwood all did it last year, just off the yep. top of my head. Whilst being decent teams, yeah. Yeah, it's probably no rule really. Just got to monitor team by team. Yeah, I think it depends. Like we saw Gold Coast run a really tight-knit group. I think Giants probably do that with their few inside mids. I guess yep. it's worth watching if there's like more names coming into that midfield. I know the Crows have a few. Like they want to use Rankin through there and stuff like that, but I still think Laird and Barry will be top two. Probably more way to add a necessity as a lot of the other guys can't do full-time mid yet. Um, but yeah, I think it it's worth keeping an eye on because it might, you know, some of the top guys might have their mid-time cut into as we saw with the dogs last year. Well, Yo and Shuey are trying to, they want to play him half back more, right? So it's, could feasibly be Kelly and Sheed as the top two. Well, if you had him third, who would it be behind Shuey? Is that what you're saying? Jai Cully. Cully, really? Well, they did the, the Instagram video or TikTok or whatever and they all yeah, said... Yeah, pumping him up. That's a pump up. And they gave him heaps of CBAs last year. Yeah, no one's pumping well, up. He, in his one, his one game, he had eighty-eight yeah. percent. Is this sorry? Who are you not talking not about? Uh, Jai Cully. No, oh, I know. Cully, yeah, yeah, fifty percent CBS last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was with the injury game. Yeah, no one's pumping up twenty-seven-year-old. Well, They're all going to be like, young kid. Kelly, the, the, I guess with Sheed, he can rotate if they want him to. Yeah, you know, if if they throw Sheed and sorry, if they throw. Um, the, who are the three they're rotating in the triangle, whatever they're doing? Shui, hmm. Jinbi, and Jinbi. Yo. Yeah. Where's she going and how and for how long? Not sure. Yeah. Do you just want to take a quick stab at how many midfielders had more than 80% CBAs last year? Mm, five. In the teens, maybe 10 to 12. Uh, so it's Neil, Cripps, um, Raul, uh, Miller, wow. Simkin, Oliver, Steele, and I think that's it. Surely yeah. Led. Actually, Led's timing ground's lower. Maybe he didn't make it. Yeah. No, uh, he was high, but only 78%. Yeah. Okay. So it's, just, it's just very few, and I think like this trend's going to keep going in the other direction. Gold Coast is the most concentrated of anyone. But yeah, anyway, so that's the kind of the third... Big theme here is are you are we going to see more teams sharing these CBA loads and then does it affect some of the guys that we're banking on getting real high CBA numbers? I guess yeah. we saw Geelong do that pretty heavily. Yep. Yeah. Older team. I don't know. It's it's probably yeah, yeah, true. Really, it was just yeah, very much based on the group they have and what title rotation they want to want to go with. Should we talk about McRae? Pretty hard to read this preseason. What? Yeah. Where do you, you remember a few years ago when none of us had him because we thought he'd play more wing and then he like dominated in the first 10 minutes and we all put him in before quarter time? <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that happens again. I'm, I'm just iffy on him. Him and Titch are doing my head in. Yeah. I don't know. I've, had, do McCray, I've had McCray in most of my preseason. I just don't see him going worse than what he did last year with Dunkley not on the side. At yeah. worst, I'm paying for like I'm 100%. paying sticker price. Yeah. 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 Yeah, um, I think there's maybe. a chance he regresses. There is. He did in the back if, if the yeah. role's real bad. Yeah, he's hard one to read. Uh, I can't get a read on this one. Yeah. Um, maybe one I'll throw up for the ruck is is Sean Darcy, big old Shrek. I want to watch just a lot of talk about what the role's going to be, what the split is, where Luke Jackson's going to play. Some people are saying he's going to play everywhere on the ground. Uh, Seems like they've got five of him, but you know, is he going to play just 
forward and pinch hit? Is he going to play on the ball? Ruck Rover, I think, you know, um, old Rhino Daniels over there in Perth said something like that is what he saw in one of the sort of intra clubs mm -hmm. when they're on the same team. So um, it's interesting. And then, uh, you know, does he do the sort of, uh, you know, CBAs and stuff and center bounces and roll back Sean Darcy because he can you know, take a bit of an intercept mark and then Jackson do the, you know, forward 50 stuff. Who knows? But just want to is see this, what it's like. Is there anything you want to see specifically, Doug? Do you want to see J uh, Jackson Bailey? I want to see the big fella dominator, mate. That's what I want to see. Yeah. I want to see it in my team. That's <laughs> Yeah, I'd love no, Darcy to no. solve my rough problems too. <laughs> it's Don't hard, you put the hard. mask to waste. I've almost been like one of the most sort of negative on him, but as the, everyone else has fallen over, it's sort of like, well, he's back into frame, I guess. But yeah, there's always a hanging cloud of his injury history. And uh, I went through it last year. Um, you know, he subbed out twice, missed a week, held him through it all. And then people picked him up towards the back end. It was just this funny old year, but fully fit. And if he has no niggles from here on out, I know apparently there's been a recent one, but... And if we see enough ruck time, it will be hard for me to swerve him, but I'm still with JD. got English for now. But, yeah, I don't know. What do you want to, would, what would you need to say, okay. JD, if you want to go back to him? If we, uh, if we, I was going to continue on the ruck theme, but, uh, okay. yeah. I, I, Just quickly on I, track. I would have thought, like, Jackson's in there only as a relief, like it's 25 or 30% or less type thing. I think anything more than that, and you basically have to avoid. Darcy yeah. has had... 80% plus basically up until now. So, yep. Um, I was going to go on the ruck seam, continue on that, which is um, the Cameron Cox dynamic at Collingwood and what the split between those two looks like. Uh, so we saw Cameron scoring drop off pretty heavily last year when Cox and him went 50-50% through the, the ruck. Uh, yeah. But when it was much more heavily skewed in the Cameron favor, then, uh, yeah, he, he was scoring really well and, and would have been a serviceable option as either a ruck or a forward this year based on how things are going, especially at his 450k price tag. So, yeah, keeping an eye on what that split between them looks like. Is it 50-50 or is Cameron going to pick up more this year as he continues to grow and develop? Uh, yeah. yeah. Do, anyway, you take, anyway. do you take his hamstring into consideration at all? I think you have to, but given the other best option is also coming off a tight hamstring and an abductor, then, uh, yeah, like it is what it is. Yeah. If they get through the rest of the preseason, fine. You probably just have to take them still. <laughs> Two standing mm. there. Unless one. you're unless you're a big Whitler fan. <laughs> Jerome. Jerome Whitler, get used to it. Uh, getting a, I think it's it's getting less ridiculed in the Discord, but there's still the old. Nah, I'm not paying 600k for wits. That's all it is. Let really. me start like sir. He's cheap. Yeah. Second part of it's that, like, even in your head, JD, as someone that had him last year, it's like, hell, he was in his price started with the three last year. Now it starts with the six. It's like, yeah, this it can't be right. 380. 380. <laughs> like, is it just something in the back of your head going, this, nah, this, this is BS? I got him for half this last year almost. Yeah. Um, all right. So I've, I think I've got one more spot, but I've really got two things I want to talk about. So maybe yep. I'll quickly do the player one and it's a deep cut, but I want to see what Asava Radigalia looks like in the preseason. So moved back into the defense for the Cats uh, and scored, I think scored and played pretty well there at the back end of the year in the VFL system for them. So yeah, interested to see what 
option he could provide. I mean, he's got that Ruck DPP status at 174K. So could he be an R2? Uh, probably not. Maybe more an R3 or a forward line option. But I'm pretty interested just to see if how he looks in the preseason and whether or not he can get a spot there. Although I'm a little bit worried that with the key forward injuries, he may end up getting a game around one and then be out of the side by round three seeing shuffle around. Uh, but yeah, that was the that was the last player cut. The, the part I was going to jump back to just more broad overarching theme, which I think is an interesting discussion. And it's where the Jared Witts comes in. Last year, we saw a record number of players in this range, or at least a felt record number, turn into not only great picks, but keepers. So Hewitt, like Cripps, the top of their line. Sicily, Witts, Brody, Cogs. That's seven? You'd, even Dacos you could throw in there. Yeah, Dacos, who could have been a keeper, although most people didn't really treat him like that. But effectively, there were seven of these picks that were incredible value. Oh, and Neil as well, who was very heavily discounted. So there was eight of these um, discounted picks that end up being keepers. And I guess the question is, do you see us getting that many of these this year? If not, are people trying to go too value heavy and it's going to it's gonna bite? We should be playing a little bit safer than what we did last year. We got this question in the members Q&A. Oh, we've already yours. answered it. Oh, well, shit, not, shit. To, not to everyone in here, but... Go, go uh, sign up to the members podcast over yeah, at com yeah. to listen to right. Anna and George's in-depth End of the anthem. podcast. Nah, we'll talk about and it. And sign um, your friends up as well. <laughs> Pet I mean, memberships, we to... they'll be going out soon. <laughs> <laughs> we came to the conclusion that that's just not going to happen ever again. That, not to that extreme, but it has, for me anyway, op- you got it's opened my mind more to those type of players, I think is what it's done for me. Um which I think is only a good thing. Uh, but it's yeah, more fun to play with the with the value is. guys, is it not? Rather than it just going is. guns and rookies, like guns and rookies, kind of boring. It is. It is very boring. Um, but yeah, not too crazy. It's not going to be like that. I don't think ever again. Like that is crazy. The amount. Like I'm obviously, never say never. But we're lucky that to was get out of this one world. year. Those sort of players. We got <laughs> that like was out seven or eight. We thought what Zebel and uh, someone else. Is escaping oh, me the year before, probably. kind of. Yeah, we thought that was crazy, and then it's happened tenfold last year. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't think so, but yeah. I think you're looking for like roll upside, like your Hayden Young. Uh, Richards is one percent, but you can kind of <laughs> see a path for him potentially to get there. Mm-hmm. Seems like your top ten defenders. Other than that, like Dacos, I guess it's very hard. We're looking at guys that are probably only. You know, ten points of upside, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, they're already like almost thirty. Yeah, yeah like exactly. Sicily was thirty. That's crazy. Skewer, 30, 30 points upside and whatnot. So yeah, I'm not quite sure where. One could be Sam Flanders if something happens to one of the big three at um, Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. If he yep. gets full time oh, yeah, role in- injuries, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I guess we see that, like we saw, um, yeah, Darcy Cameron take the opportunity. Uh, last year, but I guess that's something that could happen. Don't wish for injuries, of course, but you have to monitor that for fantasy purposes. I guess five for an extent, didn't he? You know, he went out of the side for a little period. And I mean, Brody was probably going to kick on anyway. He's playing very well. But yeah, if any of that happens, it might open a couple more up. But well, the one you said in the QA was Yo, I know. He's probably the yeah. most likely to be one like that for this year. Like could be 105 and a keeper, but all right. He Sicily did 110, and like they're not going to do that. It's crazy. I'll just say, like at a left field, I think there's two teams that people haven't been focusing on as much, 
beyond a couple of guys, and that is the Swans and the Ds. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was someone from the 300K, 200K range from one of those teams that bobbed up that just no one had on the radar because those teams just haven't been talked about as much so far this preseason. Yeah. Any names in mind in particular? I think Clot uh, Love gl- and old um, Robottom. Yeah, Robottom's one that gets talked about each year. <laughs> uh, like, I guess Goulden is one that yeah. you could point to. We pointed to the last couple of years. With um, If Blakey's having problems, then maybe someone fits down into defense, like Braden Campbell or someone like that for the Swans that ends up being relevant that would just no one, no one's radar at the moment. Uh, and then for the Ds, I'm not really sure. I would imagine Salem. Salem's problem might make an opportunity for someone, but everyone's focusing on Oliver and the Rucks pretty much there. So... Yeah, I don't know. I think that the one probably that, some gem. Sorry to interrupt, but the one that I think moved to defense was Ollie Florent. He's 370k defender only. Okay. There you go. I, I mean, I wouldn't over-research them now, but I am like making a mental note to pay extra attention to their intra-clubs just because, yeah, I feel like they're under-researched sides. Yeah. All right. That's probably about all we've got time for. Very... Keen for some footy. That's that's just simple fact. Uh, been a lot. Been a big preseason. We've done a lot of content. Obviously, some extra content over at fantasytaketv.com. So make sure you head over. The, you know, there's podcasts on every line. We're getting to leave the rucks still last. That's coming uh, eventually. Uh, and then we've got um, you know rankings. We update those as as these games happen. Um, some articles, a few more of those as well. And I'll update get- the. Um- the yeah. write-ups as well yes yeah, we can probably a close date maybe on the leagues george what what would you think for that as well because we do have to set those up oh yeah mm, too, that's so. coming soon eh? yeah uh i think a Towards week in this month okay a week yeah yeah just don't want people to drop off um in terms of just discord but yeah, yeah. if you want to be in a coach league of that, head yep. to the discord head to the website set up some group chats we'll get you in the discord in the members section so Cool. Any final last in the words? VIP in the car with VIPs. George and Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just JD putting bomber stats in all day. No, it's you drape a discussion on tap if you're into that. Uh, but I must say we have been pretty responsive. So people that are yeah. asking questions are getting answers, which well, I mean, we'll obviously try and keep up. But yeah, it's it's yep. getting That's exciting, getting it. to the pointy end. Cool. All right. Thanks, fellas. We'll uh, we'll be back for another uh, public podcast probably after maybe the first set of games. Uh, discuss those, but it's getting close now. What is it, George? How many days to round one? 20, 28? Do you want hours or days? Okay, okay. No, it's uh, <laughs> twenty-seven days, twenty-one hours, fifty-five minutes, and thirty-three seconds. Uh, I guess that's on the the Super Coach website, isn't it? No. Beautiful. Oh no, he's got your own one in my head. <laughs> All right. Thanks for watching, guys. Uh, We'll see you on the next one. Cheers. Peace.